0: Well, y'all, I'm really excited uh, this evening. uh, If you'll take your Bibles and go to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. We have been covering Proverbs, gaining wisdom, and we had a number of studies on that. I enjoyed that one very, very much. Ecclesiastes is not uh, a lot different than Proverbs, but it is in a way. And so we're going to study this tonight. And then next week, Lord willing, um, if we can, we're going to look at the book of Job. We're going to start a several-week study on the book of Job. Y'all see what we're doing? We're in these uh, poetry books of the Bible, and we've been studying those. And so, y'all, if you're just coming in, there's study uh, guides in the back if you want to grab one. And so uh, I've been enjoying these very much because I do like uh, studying about wisdom and knowledge. To me, that's really important and uh ignorant is not a blessing and so i want to try to move past that as quickly as possible you, you know what i mean so ecclesiastes one if you'll turn in your bibles there let's all kind of get on the same page we're going to look at this uh tonight ecclesiastes is a very different kind of book it's a book that asks some really good questions and you might not like the answers okay so prepare yourself but let me just say this there's 12 chapters and the first portion of Ecclesiastes. Solomon, he looks like he's depressed. He looks like he needs a big hug is what he looks like. But, but actually what he's doing is he's laying the groundwork of the reality of living on, in, in a fallen world on planet Earth. And so you're going to see that over and over again. You're going to go, oh, my goodness, I don't like this book. But you got to stay with it, okay? So we're going to break it down. You've got to stay with it. And then in the end, he comes to some really big conclusions. So we got to get there for it to kind of make sense for us, Okay. But it is a very different kind of book. What kind of questions does it ask? Here's the kind of questions that this book asks. And I like this kind of thing myself. It asks, what is the meaning of my life? Why am I here? Anybody ever think like that? I do, a lot. What am I supposed to be doing? What's the purpose of my life? Why am I here? Uh, How can I make some kind of sense out of this life? You know, a lot of times you get to going in life, and it gets to going pretty good, and then what happens? it's it's two steps forward and 27 backwards right and so and then you kind of get to going again and you roll along pretty good and you think well hey man and then boom you know just like and then after a while when you do that for a while then you start going well what the heck what is this what is this all about why is this and so Solomon asks these really really important questions and so Uh, King Solomon had a unique opportunity to uh, attempt to discover what his life was all about. Why? Why did he have this opportunity? Because he had a, a wealth of money and plenty of time. Now, if you and I had all the time and all the money that we would ever need, we could probably go out and do what he did. But we don't. So we have the benefit of being able to read from someone Who did all the things we always wanted to do, but never could because we didn't have the time or money. Okay? So, we're gonna get that privilege tonight to actually get to to read from someone who had the time and the money to go do everything. And on this journey in life, here's what he basically says I'm gonna try everything, and, and I'm going to find what really matters. I'm gonna do an incredible search, and I'm gonna find, I'm gonna come to an understanding. Of what this life is all about now I want you to understand it uh, Solomon is much like us in this regard because he believes he actually believes he's going to discover it and you know being honest with y'all if we'd all be honest tonight we know that we've done this if I could just get here if I could just get these bills paid if I could just get that job if I could just land that opportunity if I could just get the right spouse if I could just get this and that. And you know what happens? Sometimes we get it, don't we? And then what happens? We say, well, if I could just get this or if I could just get that. Man, if I could get a little more of that. If I could get a little less of that. You know, Once I, I once bought the truck I always wanted. It was the, the worst curse I've ever had. But I wanted it. I even felt like the Lord's like, don't buy that. And I said to the Lord, I want it. Boy, it was a curse. But, but anyway, we know we do that. We, we, he writes that in this book, and we know we've been guilty of this before. If I can just get this, I'll be happy, right? So, so I want you to understand, Solomon is much like this in this regard. He's looking for the ideal thing that will make him happy. Now, don't lift your hands. Nobody lifts your hands. But how many of you are perfectly happy? Do you have goals and aspirations for one more thing or just a little or in another year or in five years or whatever that looks? Like? You know, some of you, it's like, I'm going to land that job. Some of you are like, thank God I'm going to be able to retire from that job. Some of you are like, you, you get what I'm saying? That's kind of what we do in life. So he's looking on, he's looking for what is it that's going to make me happy? And I believe he thinks He knows. Did did you ever think you knew? How many of you, one time, you thought you know, and now you know for sure you don't know? (laughs) But you thought you knew, right? You thought you knew, man. He's like, yes, and then no. And so Solomon, he thinks he knows. Maybe it's power, authority, being the king. No, that didn't do it. Maybe it's wealth or education for him. No. Maybe it was marriage. I think he got really confused on this one. How many times did he get married? Three hundred wives and seven hundred concubines. I know what he's doing. It's like he said, "I'm going to find the right one." No, nope, that's not it. I'm going to find the right one. No, nope, that's not it. And then the next thing you know, I know a thousand wives. No wonder he couldn't get happy. Come on, somebody. How I many you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, nobody. Hey, a 1,000 husbands couldn't make anybody happy. How I many you know? One can't make us happy, then a 1,000 sure can't do it. How I many you know? Right? So, so maybe it's, then he says, maybe it's knowledge, wisdom, work, pleasure. I once heard a story. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it, it always speaks to me. A guy was out on a pier just fishing had his feet in the water, and another guy comes by, and it's about 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock in the, you know, lunchtime, and he says, what are you doing? He says, man, I'm just enjoying the water and fishing. He said, why aren't you working? He said, I already worked this morning. He said, what do you do? He said, I have a boat. I'm a fisherman. He said, well, why don't you work harder? It's early. Why don't you get another boat? And then why don't you get another boat and hire people to help you and make more money? And why don't you do all that so that you can stop working and go fishing? He said, well, that's what I'm already doing. You, you get the point? Sometimes we think all of this and it's not any of that. But Solomon is thinking like that. So he thinks, well, the, if I can just get this, I'll be happy with it. Now, I, you know, I doubt seriously that if there's... Uh, not a single person has ever not thought if I could just kept that, it would fulfill me. But it, the odds are, and you're going to see this as we get into this book, there's nothing in this world but God that can fulfill that. There's nothing in this life but God that can do that for us. And even sometimes we fall out with that. So, you know, it's an incredible book, and we're going to get into it, and I hope you enjoy it tonight. And uh, with that in mind, when, when, when we're looking out there in life trying to find something, you know, we kind of have a, this hope that it's going to be a certain way. And, and listen, in a fallen world, it, it don't turn out that way every time. In fact, very seldom does it, anything turn out the way we want. So this book's going to look very pessimistic, but you got to hold on to the 12th chapter, okay? Don't cheat and go ahead, though. Verse 1, let's, let's look at a little bit of it. Solomon actually calls himself the preacher, depending on what translation I read it in the New uh, Living uh, Version, and I really liked it um, the last few days. But I'm going to read it in the King James because I have most of it memorized uh, how things go in the King James. so. But I encourage you all to take different translations as you go along. In fact, I'm going to open my phone Bible and, and look at it as well. So look at different translations, and it'll be good. And uh, as we go along here, so Ecclesiastes one. Let's get going. The words of the preacher. He calls himself the preacher. How many? Of your translation says the teacher. Okay. So you see already there's uh, there's that. So he calls himself the preacher or the teacher. The son of David, the king of Jerusalem. That's how we know it's Solomon. Here we go. Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanity, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all of his labor which he taketh under the sun? What does it profit if you work like a dog all of your life? That's the question. One generation passes away, and another generation come, but the earth stays here forever. The sun rises, and it goes down, and it hastens to its place where it arose. The wind goes towards the south, and then it turns back to the north. That is so... Pessimistic in my point of view It turns to the north It whirleth about and continually The wind turneth again according to its circuits Watch this, I love this All the rivers run into the sea But the sea ain't full (laughs) And to the place where the rivers come thither They return there again All things are full of labor Men cannot utter it The eye is not satisfied with seeing The ear is not satisfied with hearing The things that have been, have always been, and they will forever be. That which is done, which shall be done, and there's not a new thing under the sun. Is there anything, anywhere, anybody can show me that's new, that it has not already been of old time? There is no remembrance of former things, neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are come with those that shall come hereafter. Now, how many of you can get happy reading that? That is depressing, isn't it, (laughs) when you think about it? you got to understand a couple things about this, though. We're going to break this down. It's going to be a lot of fun. But the thing you have to kind of understand about this is he's not talking about God. He's not talking about eternity. He's talking about life under the sun, how things are. So can I ask you to do one thing as we get started? Let's disconnect God from life for a moment, okay? He's not saying... Man, if you're living the Christian life, this is what life is. No, he's just saying, this is how life is. You work like a dog, you make everything you can, you die, and somebody else spends all your stuff. You know what that is? Life. It's life. You do certain things, and you know what? You expect it to go a certain way, and it doesn't go that way. You know what that is? That's life, everybody. That's just life, and that's what he's he's showing us here. Uh, It's not really encouraging. Verse 2, he said, I've looked everywhere, and all of it's meaningless. Every way is meaningless. First of all, uh, he says it's short, and uh, it's over, and when it's over, we lose everything. Everything, (laughs) that's kind of depressing, but everything that you've done in your whole entire life is left. And you know what? Sometimes people don't appreciate it or even want it. And sometimes it just goes by the way. And I'll tell you something else really true, too. Not only does it go that way, but you uh, work like a dog for your family or whatever that looks like, and you help them or whatever that looks like, and then you die, and they put you in the grave, and you are quickly forgotten. Two generations, and nobody even knows who you was. And you know what Solomon says? Doggone it, that's depressing. That just ain't right. That just can't be. But he said it is the way that it is. Then he talked about how the wind blows and it just blows right back. People are born and they die and it doesn't really matter. You know, have you ever seen this? This is really sad and I, I don't mean to be ugly here, but don't underestimate how true this is. A person dies and it's just shocking to somebody's life, but the sun comes up the next morning and people get in their cars and go to work and life just keeps right on going. Just like it didn't happen. It's, it's shocking when you, when you think about it in those terms. The rain comes down, and then you know what happens? It, it does it all again, whatever it took to make all that process happen. And so it's kind of pretty bleak when you look at it in that. But, it, but you know what it is? It is true. That is the way life is. We, we're born, and we live, and we die, and everybody wants their life to count. And you know what Solomon says? It doesn't count. Only for a few days while you're here. And then that's it. Solomon says life down here under the sun, in other words, on planet earth, is just a vicious cycle of trying different types of things to make our life matter, but in the end down here, life, when you think about it, you're put into the grave and then you're forgotten. Seems kind of bleak. So a few observations and then we'll talk about it. First of all, observation number one is this, nothing down here remains, nothing down here lasts forever. How many of you know that? nothing down here remains it's true i laugh about even pastoring a church you can pour your life into pastoring church 20 years or whatever build that church up do whatever it takes you're so, you're forgotten so quickly that it ain't even funny it hadn't happened you know to me i've been blessed to stay here and be a part of this but a lot of people they just move on sandra y'all retired brookshire brothers brookshire brothers hardly knows you retired you know why the next day they get up and they keep on going you know, your job, the, you, you know, whatever it is that you do, that's just kind of the way life is. And so he says, that, that's the first observation. Nothing down here remains forever. You build a big house, and you know what happens to the house? It, it, it decays, and then you know what happens? I went by my grandma's house in Houston, and it was gone. The house that I spent all those years growing up in and all that fun we had there, it's gone. And now it's history. And so that's what Solomon's saying. Everything is in decline, and today you're strong and you're brave, but tomorrow you're not strong, you're not brave, and you're gone, and then you're forgotten. I know that sounds depressing, but you know what that is? It's real. It's life. Now, with that in mind, you go, why would you even say that in church? Because with that in mind, we have to make some powerful changes to what matters. So here's what he says. What doesn't matter is what we leave down here. What does matter is what we take up there. What doesn't matter is the legacy that we had here. What does matter is the legacy that we have with God. What doesn't matter is the work that we did here. Many people lived their entire life laboring like a dog, and they didn't do anything for the kingdom. And then when they get to the kingdom, they found out that everything they did didn't matter. And they lived it in a world that didn't matter, that's quickly fading away. And then they discover, you know what? My life didn't actually matter at all because I didn't know what mattered. And if you don't know what matters, what you find yourself is in a vicious cycle of what Solomon is discovering through this process. Uh, anybody want to comment? Anybody dare a comment on this kind of stuff tonight? <laughs> Go ahead, Summer. <laughs> Yep, yeah, it is a distraction. So Solomon, when he, when he went after riches, he found out it was a distraction. When he went out with wisdom. You know what he discovered when he sought out wisdom? The more wisdom you have, the more sorrow comes with it. <laughs> the more wisdom, the more things you know, the more painful it is knowing it. Does that sound depressing? I hope not. It, it does sound depressing. But here's the thing. It's true. It's just true. And in one place, I love it. He says this multiple times, but he gives us some nuggets. We'll get to them in a minute, but we got to get past this depressing part first. But he says, one of the best blessings of life is if you can go to work, love your job, come home, eat your food, enjoy your family, and give thanks for your life. Now, if you can do that, he said that is a blessing. If you can go to work, enjoy your job, Come home, enjoy your family, eat your food, that is a blessing. You, you finally understand kind of what it's all about. Anybody else want to comment real quickly on, on what we said this far? We're going to get into this as we go along. It's not all depressing. It'll get better as we go. So there's a lot of nuggets of truth in here. But anybody want to comment? Go for it. All right, keep, let's keep going. Verse 12. I, the preacher, this is Solomon, was king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I gave my heart to seek and to search out By wisdom concerning all things which are done under heaven. So he made this journey, this search, to search everything that's done and try to find what matters in life. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. And I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, gosh, this is tough. All of it is vanity and vexation of spirit. Listen to this, <laughs> that which is crook cannot be made straight and that which is wanting cannot be numbered. And I commune with my own heart saying, lo, I've come to this great estate. I have gotten me more wisdom than all of them have been before me in Jerusalem. And my heart hath great experience of wisdom and knowledge. I gave my heart to no wisdom and to no madness of folly. I perceive that this also is vexation of spirit. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he that increaseth in knowledge increaseth in sorrow. <laughs> uh, what does another translation say there? The greater, I have one here, says, the greater my wisdom, the greater my grief, to increase knowledge is only to increase sorrow. Uh, how can that be? The more you know, does anybody ever heard that old statement, the less you know about it, the less it bothers you? what is it? (laughs) Ignorance. That's another way of, that's a proverb. No news is good news. Anybody else? So he says, look, the more you know about stuff about this life. Now, again, if you don't make this separation, this is going to be depressing to you tonight. This is not about God. It's not about eternity. It's about life under the sun, okay, down here on planet earth. Look at chapter two. He opens up and he tells us how this search went. In other words, what did he do how did he make this search? How did, all, how did he go about all of this? He opens up about how this took place and how, how he made this. Verse 1, he said, in my heart, go now, and I will prove with mirth. Does anybody else have another word for that? Pleasure. Ple- okay. okay, with laughter, with pleasure. And behold, this also is vanity. So he said, I'm going to go now, and I'm going to prove to everybody that there's pleasure and there's joy and there's laughter and it's good and that's what life is all about. And I discovered that's not what life is all about. I said laughter is mad and, and, and mirth, what, what good does it do? And I sought in my heart to give myself to number second one, verse three. So the first one he says, I sought happiness through fulfillment of pleasure. A lot of people are doing that. I sought happiness through the fulfillment of pleasure. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna have fun and I'm gonna whatever. And then when you get home and the lights go out and it's you and it's, it's something missing, okay? That's what he's saying. I'm not saying that's you and your house. I'm just saying that's life. That's just life, okay? So I thought that was gonna be it and it wasn't it. Then he says, verse three, a lot of people try this. I tried wine, drinking, lots of people are into that drink for pleasure and he says this leaves me empty so i tried this too i'm gonna tell you this search that he's talking about this is what people are doing all around you every day of your life they're looking here they're looking there they're going to parties for laughter they're, they're trying drugs for uh for pleasure you know to be, get happy and then when the drugs come off or the drinking comes down or they have to go home they face their problems again. It's just on and on and on. You get the ideal here. So he says that. Then verse 4, now here's, the, here's my man right here. He starts speaking my language in verse 4. He said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build big things. I'm going to build me a big old house, and I'm going to have the finest house in real estate. We got to look at some of the finest houses in Lufkin when I had my real estate license. I just so enjoyed it. And I just say, you know the problem with people with money they don't have to have imagination because they have money, man. They just like, you know what I'm saying? You don't need an imagination when you got money. And, and I just go look at these houses, and it was just so incredible. It's like, man, how, what would it be like living here? And you know what my wife would say? Expensive. <laughs> Electric bill, the pool, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, but here's what we do we say, I'm gonna get me this, I'm gonna get me this, I'm gonna get me this, and then I'm gonna love it. It's gonna be so good. And then you go, How we gonna pay for this? Oh no, what have we done? Oh no, you know, this is the the, the taxes was more than our last house note. What are we gonna do with this? And so that's exactly what he's saying here. I'm gonna build me, and Solomon did. He built him a house that, that took longer than building the great temple that he built there. So, but he says, I'm gonna I'm gonna build me great wonders and works and houses and and then look at verse four. I'm gonna plant vineyards. Isn't that fun? I planted a garden this year, I'm having a ball with it. But but don't you like to just beautify your your house, I know people do because it lows right now. They got like I don't know how many bags of mulch for ten bucks at five or something like that. You can go by and get them, and so people just going by, man. They're getting that mulch, and you know they got peach trees and plum trees out there, and people just stopping by and they're getting them. And they got these pretty flowers, and people are packing them, and they take them to the house. And he says, "Man, I'm gonna build me vineyards. I'm gonna verse five. I'm gonna plant me gardens." orchards. I'm going to get all kind of fruit trees. You know, we think, man, that's going to be good. That's going to do it for me. I'm going to have fun with this. It's going to be fun. And then we get these fruit trees. And then I got to tell you, man, I planted fruit trees and I loved it. I loved it. I loved it until, until the insects came and, 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 and they ate part of my tree and killed one of them. And then bless their hearts. I talked to them and everything. I did everything right. Down here under the sun, I, I, did, I did what I was supposed to do, and the freeze froze it and killed two more of them. And now they're just standing out there like the ugliest thing you ever seen, just you know, looking all this. But at first, it was so wonderful. It was just so good. It was just like, I'm loving this. I'm finding pleasure in this. I'm finding joy in this. And and th- nothing wrong with that. But he's just saying, I want you to notice verse 3. He, he said, I'm going to drink. Verse 4, I'm going to build things. Uh, verse 4 and 5, I'm going to plant things. Ah, uh, that didn't do it. I know what I'll do. Verse six. I love this. I'm gonna make me pools of water. I did this too at my house. We have a pond, you know, made me a big pond. And so we have you too. <laughs> yeah, Everybody is guilty. Keep your hand down. So so, I put pumps in the pond so I can water the garden. I mean, the grass in the garden, right? So I have multiple pumps in the pond, and then I pump one of them up to these three tiers that they pump up here, and they drop to this water fountain. Oh, I got rocks in it from all over the world. I got rocks in Africa. I got rocks from Thailand. I got rocks in Hawaii who said it was bad luck if you take their rock and I brought them home and put them in there. I got everybody's rocks from all over the world in there and I got another drop down tier and another drop down tier and it drops back into the pond and that's what helped keep the fish oxygen and it's all so beautiful and you gotta keep it up and it's so much work and the grass grows and it's unbelievable and the pumps go out and you just gotta work, 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 work and finally I told Tina with the fruit trees and the ponds and the big house and the grass and all that stuff we ain't gonna be able to live here when we get old. Because we can't take care of it. <laughs> and you know what else we can't? We can't afford somebody else to take care of it. And, and, and Solomon says, oh my goodness, I did all this. And it wasn't what I thought it was. It didn't turn out, it didn't do for me what I thought it would do. How many of you are old enough to realize that now? He ain't done yet. He's not done yet. Verse 7, I know what I'll do. I'll hire people to do it. They'll take care of the pond. They'll take care of the grass. Verse 7, what is it? That'll do it. It, don't, it didn't do it. It didn't do it. Verse 7, he says, I'm going to hire me servants, made servants. They're going to have children. They're going to be my servants. I'm going to have great possessions. I know what I'll do, and I tried this too. I told Tina before I die I want to have... I want to try to be in every kind of business there is before I die. I want to try. We own car businesses, real estate. We've done every, all kind of crazy stuff. But I decided one year I was going to get in the cow business. Yeah. yeah. And so I bought land and cows. I went and bought 22 heifers, black, only black heifers and bulls because they, they sell for a lot more. So I studied. I'm doing my Solomon thing, man. I'm learning. I'm I'm studying. I'm figuring it out. I need hay. I need pastures. I need tractors. I bought me two John Deere tractors. Man, I'm figuring it out. I'm getting it figured out. I went and bought the cows. Paid about a dollar a pound for them. They were young, 300 pounds or so. I'm going to let them grow up, have babies. It's going to be good. I'm going to make some money. I'm going to learn something. This is good. About six months later, The price went up to $3 a pound. I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take these cows back over there, and I'm going to sell them for $3 a pound. Who, what, bought them for a dollar, and I'm going to make me some money, and then I'm going to wait for the price to go down, and I'm going to buy me some more cows, I'm going to make me some more money, and it's going to be good. Just like playing the stock market, man. I'm about to win, 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 win. So I did. I loaded them all up back in the trailer. I'm doing my Solomon thing, man. I took them and sold them for $3 a pound. Took the money home. Told my dad, now, we're just going to wait. We waited one year. We waited two years. I sold the pastures. I s- divided the land. Waited three years. Still hadn't gone down. I said, maybe the cows are not going to go down. Maybe they're never going to go down. I don't know. You know, about the time we all ended it all, they finally went down. But it doesn't even matter. That's life. That, what I'm telling you is, is that, you know, you know what I'm talking about. you got a plan. You're going to work it. It's going to be good. It's going to all turn out. And life down here on this, under the sun, it don't always go like that. You see what Solomon is saying? Man, I got servants, and I let them work, and it still didn't work out for me. So he says, I know what I'll do. This is everybody. Verse 8. Y'all just circle this verse. It's everybody's dream come true. Solomon says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get me silver, and I'm going to get me some gold, and I'm going to buy me some treasures, and I'm going to have all that in my house. And you know what? It's going to be like security blanket for me. I'm going to lean on that treasure. I'm going to look at that gold. I'm going to look at that silver, and it's just going to do something in me, and I know it's going to be good. You know, one day I was down at Brookshire Brothers getting some stuff. My wife asked me to stop by the store, she didn't do that very often, and so I don't get to do that very often. So I was standing there, and uh, I was getting some milk and bread or whatever, and uh, there was all these magazines there of movie stars. And what really hit me about these magazines were all of them were getting a divorce on drugs. In a recovery house. You know, if money would do it, Michael Jackson wouldn't have died of an overdose. If money would do it, Elvis Presley wouldn't have died in his bathroom of an overdose. If money would do it, Whitney Houston wouldn't have died in her tub of an overdose. Y'all want to keep going? We can go on and on and on and on. Silver won't do it. Gold won't do it. None of those kind of things will do it for us. We don't even understand why it won't do it. It looks to me like it ought to do it. Sometimes when I get a lot of money and I have it in my possession, I'm thinking one thing about me. And God's going, you don't even understand anything. You're so stupid. (laughs) And that money. And here's something else about money. When you die, guess who's going to get it? Not you. I'll know who's going to get it, but not you. You ain't going to get it. Y'all did hear about the lady. Her husband said he was about to die. He said, when I die, I want all my money put in the casket now. All of it. I want all my money. I worked for it, I want it on. So he died and she buried him. Somebody asked her, said, did you give him all of his money? She said, yes. She said, I wrote him a check. You ain't getting it when you die. I'm telling you right now. But he says, I'm going to gather up silver and gold and treasures and province. I'm going to get, look at here. I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to have singers sing to me. Oh, yeah. Now, I think that might do it. You know, I woke up in the bed and Tina had me some coffee. Oh, here they come, baby. And instruments are playing. I'm waking up and it's feeling good. How I many you know? Nah you get tired. I say, y'all get out of here. I'm tired of y'all. Just get on out of here. That's not going to do it. (laughs) But you know, isn't that what we think? So he says in verse nine, I was great and I was increased more than everybody. I had more wisdom. Whatever, look at verse 10. This is incredible. Whatever my eyes desired, I didn't keep it from me. I didn't withhold anything that I wanted. Any joy of my heart received in all of my labor, and this was my portion of all of my labor. Then, Lotus verse 11, I looked on all the works of my hands that I had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all of it was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit in any of that under the sun. Amazing. Amazing. What does yours say? All right, number 11. It says, Yet when I surveyed all my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless and chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. Same exact thing. It's saying the same thing. Have you ever chased the wind? (laughs) No. How'd you do? (laughs) It's. That's what this is. In other words, are you starting to see this picture? Chasing all this stuff, thinking it's going to make you happy, is just about like chasing the wind. And you look like an idiot trying to catch it. It's just about. Okay, somebody comment. We've covered some ground now. Somebody give me some, uh, some wisdom and expert advice here now at this point. Well, I summed it up. Okay, sum it up. Okay. You can chase after all your heart desires, but in the the end, it's all gone anyway. (laughs) That was my sum up. Tina, Jill? My sum up is this. Real loud. The Bible also says that a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So somewhere you have to know that it's not going to bring you happiness, but you sure need to use wisdom. There's balance in everything that you do. It's good. Good point. And we may need a little balance here. We're going to get to that, but right now, you know, but I agree with that totally. The next chapter, he's going to start sharing with us some of the things that he's learned. And you know what? If you learn those things, they're going to be powerful. But that's a great point. Um, Does that mean that we shouldn't go after any of that stuff? We can't survive without it. What did the Bible say about uh, money? What did it say about money? Did it say money is the root of all evil? The love of, money. the love of money is the root of all evil. You can love it and not have it, and you can have it and not love it. <laughs> Several of you are like, yeah, that's me, man. <laughs> Did you hear what I said, though? You can, you can love it and not have it, and you can have it and not love it. Here's the thing you gotta, you got to do. You can't let your money have you. You've got to have your money. In two or three places in this chapter, Solomon says, "Man, wisdom and money will get you pretty much everything you want in life. Without it, you ain't gonna get it." Now, is that good or bad? I have no idea. But I'm just saying, life under the sun. How many of you know? Being broke, going and get your haircut. It's, you're not gonna be successful. Buying milk, being broke, you're not gonna be successful. Getting a car. You're not gonna be you got, it takes money and like Michelle said, it takes balance. I saw another hand? Summer? real, real loud for us. That's a great point. That's <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. Anybody else? Uh-huh. So you're wanting to do to the best of your ability. once again there's that balance. If you're laboring, you want to give it all you have. And you know So 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 let me give you my uh take on what that looks like to me in my thoughts, okay? If you're working hard to have a good relationship you're gonna enjoy the benefits of a great relationship. Okay? Uh, If you're working hard to love the Lord, I guarantee you, you're gonna have the benefits of all the stuff in life that you need. Okay, that's the balance. But if you're working hard going after money and not God, you're totally out of balance. If you're working hard to give your wife everything but yourself, you're totally out of balance. You see, that's what Solomon's saying. Life down here is a mess, when you get it all out of balance. Anybody else want to comment? If you look at the next verse, man, it just is, it is for real. This is, this is like the, the epoch of all of this. There's nothing, verse 24, there's nothing better for a man than that he should just eat. Come on, somebody. Everybody ought to say amen right there. Get something to eat. That's good. Come on, y'all. Drink some good old iced tea here that we should make his soul enjoy the labor of his hand. I saw this this is from God nothing better in life than to have a good wife to have a good life you don't have to have everything in the world to have that that is the balance that we're striving for if you got love and you got what you need you got enough and you got God you got what you what you need if you got everything and you don't have love or God You don't have anything you need, and that's the point that Solomon's making. A lot of people start off saying, man, Solomon's depressed. No, he's not depressed. He's telling you, as long as you go after all of the other things in life, you're going to be depressed. You see? But if you got love, and you got food, and you got God, you should get happy with that. (laughs) That's a great, great verse. Uh, it's great game. That's what it says. Godliness with contentment is great game. Uh, that's the first nugget, by the way, if you're, if you're jotting things down. The first nugget is this if you can go to work and you can come home, kiss your wife, celebrate the day, love your children love God, that's as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets. Uh, Will we ever learn this? Will mankind ever learn this? Oh boy, we spend most of our life chasing the wind and getting it all backwards and chasing all the stuff that can never make us happy. You know, if if your spouse is here or you have a spouse and, and, and you have a good relationship, that's the second highest point in life, God, your relationship with human beings, and then having your needs met, whatever that looks like. I just think that's so, so amazing. Okay, so that's what he says. That's the first nugget. If you can go to work, come home, love your family, enjoy them, love God, that's as good as it gets. You don't need more than that. Now, are we going to get more than that? Yes. God wants to bless us. There's no doubt about that. God wants to bless us. But I fear, y'all tell me if I'm wrong, I've been guilty of this most of my life. I fear we chase all this stuff really, really hard, trying to find it in other things rather than in what I just said. And what do we end up with? Broken homes, depressed life, not ever finding what we're looking for. And wow, Solomon is, this book is actually starting to make sense. This is like ringing true now. I thought he was all jacked up. He needed a hug. But in reality, he's making a lot of sense here. He's, going, he's, he's giving us the good stuff. Right? All right. Anybody else want to comment before I go on? Y'all are mighty quiet tonight. Y'all have a lot of wisdom out there. You should be sharing some of that with us. So if you, if you want to do that. Okay, chapter 3. Can I take the time to read 14 verses here? Let, let's look at this. Uh, This has been described, really, as a simple reality of life under the sun. So you know, we—this is not new to you. This is uh, really how things are. To everything, there's a season and a time. You probably have not gone to very many funerals where they didn't read this text. To every purpose under heaven, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. There's a time to plant your gardens. There's a time to pick your gardens. There's a time to plow in what has been planted. There's a time to kill, and there's a time to heal. There's a time to break down, there's a time to build up. There's a time to weep, there's a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones. You know what I fear in these verses? We don't know what time it is. There is a time for everything, If we just had the wisdom to know what time it is in our lives, people get to the end of their life and they go, I I messed everything up. You know why that happens? It's because we don't know what time it is. There's a time to cast away, there's a time to gather. A time to embrace, there's a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to get stuff. There's a time to lose things, give up things. There's a time to keep things. There's a time to cast away things. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a funny story right here. My wife, uh, she, we are not hoarders in any sense of the word. We do not believe in keeping things. Okay? What is it? Pit- we have pictures. Oh, yeah, she does keep pictures, yeah, that's true, of her children, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, family. Yeah, but that don't count. That's not, okay, that don't count. But actually, we go through our house, and everything we didn't use that year, as painful as it is, we get rid of it. I go through my shop, everything I didn't use that year. Hey, that's 12 months, 365 days. If you didn't touch it, you don't need it. So, she said the closet is too full. The closet's too full. Isn't it bad when you have so much stuff that you actually have to purposely get rid of some of it to make room for more? That's what I'm doing now. Uh, so you know what she did to me? It was ugly. This was a very ugly thing. Y'all need to pray for her. I'll tell you right now. She went and turned all of my clothes hangers backwards. Yeah. And I didn't notice it. She turned all the clothes hangers backwards. But I didn't notice it. I was like, what? This thing- Here, I'll just take this shirt off the hanger. You know, I'll just pull the pants off the hanger. There, now I got them. Okay, And after a year, she said, I want you to go into your closet and everything that the hanger is not turned around on, I want you to throw it away. And I went in there and I said, oh, no, we definitely ain't getting rid of this. Absolutely not. Not that. No way. You know how much I paid for that? That is not. She said, it's been 365 days and you didn't touch it. And if you didn't touch it in 365 days, you don't need it. Now, wasn't that ugly? But the good news is she did it for her too, and it was just as painful for her as it was for me. So there is a time to get rid of stuff, and there's a time to get stuff. You know when you shouldn't be getting stuff? Before you got rid of stuff, <laughs> you don't have room. There's a time, you know what I find funny in life? I, you guys know this is true. People are building more storage rooms and garages and places to have more stuff when they don't use the stuff that they have. And Solomon says that's insane. Bill? You were about rid of stuff in your shop. Yeah. Were you talking about stuff No. Yes. No. I don't get g I don't give it away. I sell it in garage sales or whatever. Yeah. I don't give don't get your hopes up, anybody. I don't give it away, right? So but you know when my dad was alive, what he used to say is, What time is it at the pogue house? I said, It's not time. Then he say, What time is it at the pogue house? It's not time. And then I call him up, it's time. He said, I'll be over this afternoon and he wanted to go through all my stuff that I was going to give away, I mean, you know, sell or whatever, before I sold it to anybody else so he could get a bargain. And you know what I told him? I said, Dad. You have two garages and two storage buildings full of junk. When you die, I'm going to have to go through that, and I'm going to have to take a bunch of my stuff that you got from me back to my garage and figure out what. And you know when he died, that is exactly what I did. How many remember what Solomon said a minute ago? It looked depressing, but he said, you're going to die. Somebody else going to get all your stuff. I went over there and loaded. And listen, it was truck and trailer, truck and trailer, truck and trailer, truck and trailer, and truck and trailer. Of stuff. That's the truth. And somebody said, well, I just need that. To... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> huh? I didn't sold all that. He, he's been dead a few years. So all that's, all that's gone except what I wanted to use. And so, I, so there was two or three items. It was me and my dad's stuff that I wouldn't get rid of or sell to nobody. But other than that, it's all gone. Listen, this is a good policy. What I'm telling you. Because what you're going to discover is a bunch of the stuff that you have, you never use. Anyway, time to wren and a time to sew. A time to keep silent. 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 So make that stress that point one more time. A time to keep silent. I'm going to skip the next part. a time to speak i should have left that out though and mainly there's a time to keep silent you know what remember proverbs last month Uh, proverbs says uh uh, uh, even if you're a fool and you don't say anything nobody will know but open your mouth and you're gonna reveal to them the truth yep there's a time to keep silent and there's a time to speak you know when it's time to speak when you can speak an encouraging word to someone who will bless them and lift them up That's a good time to speak. You know what people do today, though? They just speak all the time when they don't have anything to say. Boy, that's tough. Because what they say a lot of times is not helpful. It's actually hurtful. Let me see, verse 7. We didn't read verse 7 yet. There's a time to keep silent. (laughs) There is a time to love. And there's a time to hate. What in the world? What does another translation say so I don't have to look it up? Verse 8. Everybody? Okay. Um, I could tell you that this is saying that you should be hating what somebody's doing and not them. But I'm not even going to tell you that. I'm just going to tell you there's a time to love and a time to hate. There's a time for war and a time for peace. What profit hath he that worketh that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men... To uh, to be exercised in it, he hath made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has set the world in their hearts, so that no man can find out the work of God, maketh from the beginning to the end. Uh, I find this very interesting. What he's saying here, <clears throat> um, he goes on to say. Look look at this last ver- verse, twelve. The going will stop. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice. And to do good in his life. That is amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, in this particular text here, he says people are trying to figure out what God is up to or what this life is about. And, you know, really, if you just understood the time that God is moving in your life and the season. Can I just stop and sit like this? I don't know how you're gonna take this, but there's seasons in our life. I was young, it was fun. We had children. It was amazing. It's changed. Everything's different now. I'm not in that season. Do you see people acting like that and they hadn't grown up yet? It's a different season for me now. Now I'm older. Things have changed. I understand the season that I'm in. If you don't understand where you are, listen, I'm heading to retirement and critical ending and no more mass dollars. If I don't understand that, and I get to that point, I hadn't prepared for it. Listen, if it's gonna rain like the weatherman's saying today, did you do anything to prepare for that rain? I know I did because I had a number of things that I needed to make sure it wasn't out there. He's saying the same thing about our life. Don't you see this? Can you, can you picture this? When you're young, that's the season. And it's good. It's wonderful. But when you get older, that's a different season. And you better understand the seasons of your life. Because if you don't understand the seasons of your life, it's going to come upon you. And you're not going to be prepared. And it's ugly. It's ugly. It's ugly. Uh, I read somewhere, and I'm not throwing any stones at anybody, but I'm just saying this is life. It's life. Uh, very few people are pre- preparing for retirement today. Very few people in America have any savings whatsoever. Very, most people don't think they're going to get, oh, can I just testify you are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> and that's what Solomon is saying. All of this is coming. It's important that you understand it. You need to see what God is up to in your life. It's beautiful. Anybody want to comment on this incredible chapter 3? It's a pretty amazing chapter altogether, I'll tell you for sure. (coughs) Anybody want to comment? As he goes on here, you see my heading in my Bible, verse 16, uh, God judges righteous and wicked. He judges. Uh, Solomon talks about how he sees all these injustices in life, how he sees different people doing different things pretty cool i'm not going to take time to go over it tonight but it's pretty uh pretty amazing let me just read verse 16 and 17 for you moreover i saw under the sun uh, the place of judgment that wickedness was there and the place of righteousness that iniquity was there okay what does that mean does anybody have another translation might bring it out more beautiful than that so Okay, so I went to the courtroom, and I anticipated seeing justice. That's what I thought I was going to see. Anybody know what he found? Corrupt laws, corrupt judges, corrupt attorneys, corrupt people. Read the next part. And And then he talks about also in in time to come. In the next verse, it says... uh, I said in my heart, verse 17, God shall judge the righteousness and the wicked for their time, for every purpose and every (coughs) work. I think here Solomon is saying, look, I looked over at the courtroom and I saw that there was injustice there. And I said, what is this? I looked over at the temple and I saw there was unrighteousness there. And I said, what is this? How many of you know that should not be, but it's life? What are you going to do? Are you going to throw your hands up and quit? I looked over at the church, and I saw people who weren't living right. I looked over at the courtroom, and I saw people who wasn't judging right. And I said to myself, what is this? This is not right. I mean, you know, what's the world we live in today. But does that mean that's what we do? That Do we embrace that? No. No, he's just saying, that's what life is. But here's what he says. In another place, he talks about how people don't know that one day they're going to stand before the righteous judge and everything's going to be made right and shame on you. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So God is going to fix all those things. We don't have to, but this is what he saw. He saw these things. Look at chapter 4. Let's go on. Unless anybody wants to comment. This is kind of bleak here. This observations 1 through 3 of chapter 4 is pretty bleak here again. We're going to get to the best part, but we've got to go through some of this. I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun. And behold, tears of such as were oppressed. I looked and saw people who wasn't being done right. I saw their tears. This is the king. This guy in charge. How many you know, even if you're the president or you're the king, You can't fix all the wrongs of life. How many of you know if you're the preacher, you can't make all the... Did you see what Solomon said early on? I looked at the crooked ways and nobody could make them straight. You know what that is, everybody? Life. That's life. If you don't get a hold of this and have a good understanding of this... You're going to get so blown out of the water, you won't ever be in church again. You won't trust the judicial system, the judicial system. You won't trust anything about it in life. You just got to understand those people are out there and those things happen, but that's not how God is. And that's how we cannot be. We cannot take on that. Yes, we're going to see that stuff, but be careful what it does in you or what it doesn't do in you. This is a very powerful stuff, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, verse 2. I hate this part. <laughs> verse 2 and 3. But it's true. You know, have you, you remember what Job said? I wish I'd never been born. Yeah. <laughs> that's depressing, isn't it? <laughs> and that's sad? You know? But, but, but Solomon says it worse. He's like, man, it's better to never been born than to face all this. And you go, oh, my gosh. I hate this book already. Please don't. It is a reality-based setting. What we have to do is we, listen, look up here for just a minute. I want to tell you what this is saying in case you miss it. You can't fix the world, but you can't fix you. You can't change everybody else, but you can't change you. And Solomon's saying, look, this is what I saw and I couldn't fix it, but I can fix me. That's important, y'all. Y'all getting anything out of this crazy book? There you go. Keep right. <laughs> Anybody else want to comment? Don't make me have to call on y'all. <laughs> I know y'all have a lot of wisdom out there. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Let's look at it. It's depressing, but I want us to see it. Wherefore, I praise the dead, which are already dead more than the living, which are alive. I, I went to a funeral the other day, and I was preaching the funeral. And I'm not going to lie to you. Before the funeral started, I was sitting up there waiting for my turn. And I said, this brother is better off than me in this no good world by 10,000 times. Because he's gone home to heaven to be with the Lord. He's better off than me a hundred times. Don't miss what Solomon's saying. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. To die and go home and be with the Lord and to get out of an unjust, unholy, unrighteous, unruly world, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. He's not being suicidal here. Mm-hmm. He's just saying, hey, I praise the dead that are, that more than the living which are yeah. yet alive. Yea, <laughs> verse 3, if he had just left this verse out, I probably could have been all right with this. Yea, better is he that hath both, both of them Which had never been born. Which had never seen evil. Or those evil works. Which are done under the sun. Wow. And I've said that before too. At the death of a child. Many times. I don't say it to the public. Because they can't bear it. But I've said it to myself a thousand times. That child is vastly better off. Going straight home to heaven. To be with God. Than to have to endure this world because y'all I'm going to tell you something we're living in a fallen world and our only hope is God and look if you don't understand that here's what you're going to do you're going to do a whole life search looking for what can make you happy and you're never going to find it and that's what this entire book is about Solomon did the search and he concluded he couldn't find it so so uh, uh, here, and look at the sixth verse in this same chapter. <clears throat> this is a nugget. If you're keeping up with the nuggets, here's a nugget. Better is a handful with quietness than both handful with travail and vexation of spirit. Can I tell you a story about this? <laughs> Isn't that a powerful verse? Anybody have another translation you'd like to read? It says it, says it better than that? <coughs> I don't know they can get any better than that. <laughs> better is a little... And to be happy than to have a wealth of stuff and not be happy at all. When Tina and I first got married, y'all, this is a true story. She always probably wonders, oh, my goodness, what is he about to say? You know, but, but when we first got married, we tore down an old house that we bought for 500 bucks in Goodrich, Texas. We, it was a big old house. We tore it all down. Uh, I, I hauled it to a place and cleaned it all up, drove all the nails out and we we took all that lumber and we built us a house on a piece of property that i had bought years prior and we built us a house it was a, out of old stuff and then we covered all the stuff you could see with new stuff so it looked like a new house but it wasn't it was an old house and y'all we had an old fireplace that smoked the whole house up when it didn't work right you know anybody remember those days and we'd smoke the children it was so cold in the house it was so cold in the house, y'all. We'd all go into the living room and get that fire where it was, you know, you remember when them things would start walking and jumping, we'd have it going, and it, it's too cold in the bedrooms to stay in there, so we'd all have to lay in the living room. And we we didn't have, you know, we had, we had this is true, we had blankets on the doorways because we didn't have doors yet. We built the house. But we did have sheetrock on the wall. We finished the restroom and the kitchen. And those are two of the most important rooms. I mean, you realize that? And so we got those done. And, and, and y'all, the truth is, I'm going to tell you right now, Tina, I'll tell you, my kid, some of our kids were there, born there. Michelle was born there. We were so happy. We didn't have anything. We were so broke. We had to borrow money every week. But we were so happy. We were so happy. We were so, we were so in love we were rich with family and love and it was just so amazing now we've lived in big fine houses and we've driven fine automobiles and i can tell you in our life we're happy right now we ain't never been that happy in our entire life we didn't have any bills because we didn't have any credit (laughs) and we didn't have any money (laughs) but we had a job we had food And that's it. That's all we had. But you know what we did have? Lots of love. We were so happy. Now we moved out of that house to a big brick house, and it all started. And we started chasing the wind. We chased money. We chased all this stuff for for years and years and years. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Nothing wrong with money. Nothing wrong with any of those things, as long as they don't have you. But I'm going to tell you something. That is a true statement. What was just stated right there. Better is a handful. That's a nugget, y'all. Does that mean you should just go build a little house and be broke? No. It, you know, did anybody remember those seasons? That was the season in our life, and it was wonderful. That's not the season you want to end up in when you're 60. You don't want to end up in a broke season at 60. Come on, somebody. And why? Because your earning years are behind you now. Amen. I I'm 73, and my earning years are gone. They're gone, sister. I hope you got it in the bank because it's gone. They're gone now. You see, everybody, uh, if you understand the seasons of your life, man, this book is so powerful. It's not depressing after all, is it? It's really about life. Really, when you think about it in terms of what it's saying, it's really, really powerful. Anybody want to comment before I go on and give you a shot at it? Verse 8 then, there is one alone and there is not a second, yea, he hath neither child nor brother; yet there is no end of his labor. Neither is there eye satisfied with riches. Neither he said, "For whom do I labor, and bereave my soul of its goods?" This is vanity. It's travail. Two are better than one, because one has, because they have a good reward for their labor. If they fall, the other one will lift them up. <clears throat> Woe is he who falls and doesn't have anybody to help him. If two lie together, boy, we found out this in our first house. If two lie together, you can get a little heat. <laughs> when you just got one, you freeze to death. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, get on that couch when she ain't happy, and you'll know what I'm talking about. If one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. Three cord is not easily broken. Better is a poor and wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more. Be admonished. Wow. That is just powerful stuff. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Look at chapter 5. Let's keep going. I hope you you hadn't gotten uh, more than you wanted here. Verse 4, chapter 5. Here's a nugget. In fact, I'm going to share with you a number of nuggets. So when Solomon was rocking and rolling along in his life, he came to a few places where he goes, Hey, this is worth saying. Get a hold of this. You're going to love this. This is amazing. That's what these nuggets are. Okay? So we're going to look at several of them here. Chapter 5, verse 4. When you vow a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which you have vowed. When you make a vow to God, man, whoever it is, you say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Do it. Honor your word. You don't, the greatest thing you have in this life, you personally, is your word, is your character. And if you don't have that, you don't have anything. So that's pretty powerful. Better is it that you should not vow than you should vow and not pay. Don't suffer your mouth to cause your your flesh to sin. Neither say thou before the angels that it was an error. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. No, forget that. Go do it. Wherefore should God be angry at uh, your voice and destroy the works of your hands? For in check this out. I read this in a different translation. It was better than this in verse 7. Uh, somebody read it in a different translation. Verse 7, it's chapter 5. Michelle, you got it? Mine says, while she's looking at it, in the multitude of dreams are many words. There uh, are also diverse vanities, but fear, fear thou the Lord. But that's not really what it's saying. Read, read yours. Talk is cheap just like daydreaming, about the same quality. (laughs) I love that. That's powerful. I read this in multiple versions. Some of them are way better than the other ones about bringing bringing out the good stuff. Uh, Another nugget, verse 10, chapter 5, verse 10. Check this out. He that loveth silver, everybody's quoted this at one point in his life. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor that he that loveth abundance with increase, this is vanity. What in the world is that? Look, you can work really, really hard thinking money's going to make you happy, and you can get a whole bunch of it. You ain't going to be happy. That is not going to make you happy. I guarantee you that'll not be. It'll be something else before you even get the chance to enjoy it. And not only that, a lot of times... When you chase after all that forever, somebody else gets it anyway. It's just the craziest thing. It's just not worth it. it, Look at verse 12. Uh, The sleep, I like this, though. This is one of my favorites. This is another nugget. sleep of a laboring man is sweet. What does that mean? I'm tired. (laughs) When I'm tired, baby. Tina says when she comes in there and I'm tired, she'll ask me a question, and I'll almost get the answer out, and then I'm gone. To never, never land. She's just like, you were just like saying a word, and then you just started breathing hard, and you were gone. I said, hey, I'm tired. Amen. I've heard people say they can't sleep at night. I always just say, come go with me. (laughs) You walk in my shoes today. When you get home tonight, you will sleep. I'll promise you that. Okay. Then, Then he goes on to say, whether he eat a little or much, the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. Now, why not? Why can't the rich sleep? Because they're worried about losing stuff. Yeah. They're worried about the stock market. They're worried about this or that or something else. Price of this going down. Man, we live in a very volatile economy right now. Yep. You know, I showed you all some, uh, some truths about uh, real estate and how to invest and stuff the other day. I didn't bring out half the stuff that I wanted it to. I wanted to, but in different markets, it it demands different types of things if you want to be successful. But when the markets are doing what they're doing right now, I guarantee people a lot of money. Do you know some of my friends? The first thing they do in the morning when they get up is look at their phone to see what the stock market's done before they eat breakfast, kiss their wives, say good morning, hello, take a shower, brush their teeth, or anything else. The rich can't sleep because they got a lot to lose. Hey, when you don't have anything to lose, you don't worry about it. <laughs> I won't ask you how many don't have any money in the stock market, but I guarantee you, y'all are sleeping better than everybody in there that does because that is one volatile market right now. Isn't that funny how life is? Another, another nugget, verse uh, 18. Here's another one. Behold that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and drink and enjoy all the good of his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him, for it's his portion. I just want to make a statement here that I have been terrible at, but I'd like to be better at it. But there are times in life when people are getting together, having fun, doing things, family. I'm pretty good at family stuff, but not as good with friend stuff. But those times are so important to our lives. You know why we don't make a lot of those? we are busy doing the important things in our minds. And then later on, we discover at a certain age why those things weren't important after all. What was important, I missed. And what wasn't important, I did. And now look at me. And so that is a big deal that Solomon is saying here, a big nugget here for us to to, uh, to think about. <clears throat> Chapter 6. Let's keep going. Another nugget. Verse 1 and 2. <coughs> this is powerful. There's an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. Everybody say common. common. It's common among men. A man to whom God hath given riches and wealth and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desires. Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof. But a stranger eats it, and it is vanity, and it's evil like a disease. What in the world? Here's a guy. God has blessed him with riches, and he died and left all of it to somebody else. And he didn't even get to. Let me say it another way. This guy's priority in life was making money, and he made it, and then he died, and he didn't get to spend any of it. I know people today is holding on to every penny they've ever had and can't take a cruise, can't go overseas, can't do anything, can't go places, can't enjoy their life because they're holding on to every penny they have. Why? you just going to die and leave it to the rest of us. they <laughs> Yeah, you get the check in your casket like the other brother did, okay? And that's all you getting too, Tim? No, my dad's favorite saying was that right there. Yeah, I'd never seen a hearse fall on a... a I've never seen an armored car fall in a hearse. That's absolutely true. Okay, let's race to the end. We're almost out of time. Chapter 7, verse 1. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death is better than one's birth. Wow. Y'all believe that? See how confused we are? The Bible says rejoice when a person dies and weep when they're born. And we do right the opposite. Why? Because we're confused. Life down here is not what we think it is. It's incredible, crazy. It's backwards. We don't even see it a lot of times. Verse 15, same chapter. All things I've seen in the days of my vanity, there is a, j- a just man that perisheth in his righteousness and a wicked man that prolongs his life in wickedness. Who can understand that? You got a wicked man, and he lives to be 85, 90, 100 years old. You got a good man, and he dies at 25. Who can understand that? Who can grasp that? How many of you know even so much, this is such a truth that somebody actually wrote a song that said only the good die young? Oh, yeah. You ever hear about people who, like, in a car accident, all the horrible people in the car accident live and the one guy that was good died? It'll happen every time. What, what in the world is that all about? Who can say that is just, like, the craziest thing ever when you think about that? It's just, like, hard to grasp how that works. Um, what verse was that 15 keep going chapter 8 look at verses 11 12 real quickly because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil because judges don't judge rightly and punishment doesn't come quickly sinners just keep doing more and more is that the world you live in absolutely verse 12 Though a sinner do evil a hundred times and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be uh, well with them that fear God. Don't worry about that sinner. Don't worry about what they're doing. Fear God. It will be well for you which fear before him. Don't worry about all that. You know why? They're going to get what they got coming in due process of time. Uh, let's, let's impart some, uh, some things here in chapter 9, verse 7. I wish I had more time, but let me try to hurry. Uh, seven, go your way, eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with merry heart. Have y'all seen that like ten times tonight? Go home, eat your food, love your wife, enjoy what you have. You know what we do a lot of times? We go home, want more, want more, want more, want more, more, want more, more. Plan for more. I got to get more. I got to love it. I'm get this. I'm gonna get that. No, that's he's saying. That's what you don't want to do. Uh, verse eleven. I returned and I saw unto the sun that there was the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favored to men of skill. But time and chance happen to all. And what in the world is that all about? Listen, I love what he's saying here because it's so true. It's not right. But, you know, a sorry old guy can have all kind of good stuff, be blessed like crazy. And a righteous person might not be so at all. So the fastest, how many of you know the fastest don't always win? The slowest don't always lose. He's saying, I don't understand how, I do not understand why life is like this, but it is. You see what he's saying? He's saying, that's exactly what he's saying. It, and, and you know what? It don't make a lot of sense but it is what it is, okay? Chapter 10, look at verse 5. We're going to, have to skip around here. There's an evil which I have seen. This is one of my favorite texts in this book. It's an error that proceeds from the rulers. Folly is set in great dignity, and, and the rich is set in low places. In other words, the dummy is set up in a great high office, and the, 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 the righteous person finds himself in the pit. How can that be? how can that be the dummy is set up in a great high office and the rich is in a low place i, I love it in this in this chapter we're going to see it in a minute he said well here it is in verse seven this is one of my favorite verses. y'all to underline this if you got another translation it's better than the king james but i've seen servants ride horses and kings walking <laughs> now what is that are you kidding me he said look this world is so strange. You can't figure it out. But I've seen presidents have to walk and dummies riding horses. It's confusing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, when you, I don't know about y'all, but I scratch my head all the time at what's going on in our world. I'm like, I just don't get that at all. That doesn't make no sense. You know, you see, you remember what said a minute ago, you see the unrighteous profiting? he said don't you get your eyes on that that's gonna get you all messed up you keep your eyes on the Lord that's important okay chapter 11 look at verse 1 Uh, cast your bread upon the water after many days it's gonna come back to you everybody say a good amen to that Uh, I like chapter 2 I mean verse 2 this is good it's better in another translation but did you know he gives you some great advice here about your 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 wealth Give your portion to seven and also to eight, for you don't know what's going to happen. What does that mean? You hear it all the time. Diversify your portfolio. Diversify your portfolio. Don't put all your eggs, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't do the same thing, because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to real estate's going to happen. You have no idea what the stock market's going to do. You have no idea what this person's going to do, what that part of the economy's going to do. You have no idea. So he's saying, here's some wisdom diversify your portfolio where do you think uh investors got that from right from solomon okay uh verses three and four (laughs) remember the guy who roofed the house while the clouds and rain was out here's where he got his verse from if the clouds be full of rain they empty themselves upon the earth and if the trees fall towards the south they stay there they don't move whoever observes the wind shall not sow in other words it looks like rain i'm not going to plow today uh, I love about the guy who said, his wife asked him when he was going to fix the roof. He said, well, he said, it, it, he said, when it's raining, I can't get up there and fix it. He said, when it ain't raining, it don't need fixing. <laughs> That's what he's saying right here. <laughs> Whoever observes the clouds, you know what you're going to do? Nothing. Well, I'm not going to do that today. It's probably going to rain. Okay. That's what he said. I love that. Okay. Finally, let's go to the last portion of this. Book it is. It's so incredible. We've gone a long ways, and um, chapter twelve. All of this searching has gone on. Solomon comes to some definite conclusions about life. Chapter twelve. Look at verse thirteen and verse fourteen. Let us hear the conclusion. <laughs> How many of you know? It just doesn't get any more specific than that. I've been on an incredible search. About life. Now, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Here it is, y'all underlined it. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or evil. Wow. What an incredible book. What a incredible ending. Wouldn't you hate it if this book would have ended any other way <laughs> than that? The whole search was made, and Solomon concluded that in life, the only thing that mattered was God. Life under the sun without God. Let me just draw it out for you. I might have put it on your paper. I don't know. But life under the sun without God. Is meaningless. There's no meaning to it at all. And that's Ecclesiastes. Any comments in closing? Tina? I was just going to say, you know, um, it might sound gruesome, but I appreciate the book. I appreciate how real he is. I appreciate, and it gives me some comfort that some of the thoughts when I look around this world that it's not just me that's thought that. You know? Yeah. They were happy. No computer, no phone, no hot water, no shower, no dishwasher, no central air, no central heat, nothing. But, you know, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Anybody else want to comment? My dad used to say, he had a lot of great sayings, but he used to say that, you know, y'all stop whining. We didn't have any air condition. I said, y'all smart as we are, then you'd have had air conditioning. I don't know what to tell you, you know. It's, it's your fault, you know. Oh, yeah. Walk to school five miles in the snow uphill both ways, you know, that's kind of stuff. So, but yeah. Hey, listen, uh, I, I wanted to make a book like this a one study, one and gone, okay? One and done. So, that's what I wanted to do tonight, and we did. We are about to jump into one of the most incredible poetry books of the Bible, Job, next, starting next week. And I've been studying on it for a while, and it is just, it is truly an amazing book that really kind of stays in steps with all these other books we've been studying. And so I want to encourage you to be here next week. We're going to try to get that kicked off, and it'll be several weeks. It's a gigantic undertaking, and I hope it'll bless you real good. Let me pray for you. Father, I just pray that you would help us glean some wisdom tonight, all of us, wherever we are. We're all in different seasons of our life, and we're all thinking different things in our thoughts about what uh, we need to do and what's going to make us happy and where we need to go and what we... All of these things, they all resonate in our thoughts all the time. And I just pray that you would help us to take something home tonight. I pray that beyond what was said with the words that us said tonight that the Holy Spirit will just speak to every heart, every man, every woman, every young person, Lord, here tonight, God, that you would just speak to them and specifically and help them to receive whatever it is that they need. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see our search really is not for happiness, but for God. Our search is not for things, but for God. I just pray that you would help us understand what was being said here in Ecclesiastes, Let it ring true in our hearts and minds and may we perceive it. We thank you for God's word. It is so real. In fact, it's more real than we can stand sometimes. We don't even like it sometimes because it speaks so clearly about this life. And also, I just pray that you would help us to be able to separate the world from God when when he's talking about these things because sometimes we think God is like that when in reality the world is like that. So I just ask you for all of these things for your people tonight. Bless them, their homes, and their lives. May they find. May their search end with you. Let it begin with you. That would even be better. And we thank you in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said amen, amen. and amen. God bless you all of y'all. Y'all have a great, great week. Thank y'all for coming out in the rain tonight, too. I was a little concerned that maybe you wouldn't come, and I'm so glad you're here. God bless you.